Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. The following content is not suitable for children. Stage two, sexual pursuers. Here we go. Let's get what you need. What do you think, Finally, Lauren? finally, we're going to talk about it. Getting what we need. Getting what we need. Welcome to Foreplay Radio, Couples and Sex Therapy. I'm Lori Watson, your sex therapist. And I'm George Fallon, your couples therapist. And we are passionate about talking about sex and helping you develop a way to talk to each other. Our mission is to help our audience develop a healthier relationship to sex that integrates the mind, the heart, and the body. Don't forget to check out uberlube.com with the coupon foreplay. It really helps us to support the podcast and keep delivering free content. Thanks so much. Remember to sign up now for the October 28th Great Love, Great Sex Couples Retreat at foreplaysextherapy.com. Sexual pursuers tend to be pretty good at asking for what they need. But they ask for what they need with a baseball bat a lot of times, it feels like, for the withdrawal, right? That criticism. So sure. how do we get them to ask for what they need in more productive ways that lead to better outcomes? Well, I think that's what we're going to talk about. Yeah, I think in stage two, there is, for the pursuer, quite a bit of work to do. It's Certainly, there is softening in the way we ask. And managing the anxiety inside so that it doesn't blast our partner. I I also think that as a sexual pursuer, you know, we need to figure out the same sorts of things, though, that there are maybe places inside that fuel our pursuit that are about things that are deep inside that aren't necessarily always sexual, you know, and revealing that, becoming vulnerable about that, I think draws our partner to us. Right. Yep. Just just a little example. You know, I know sometimes I want to have sex when I'm anxious. And, you know, sex calms me down. It makes me feel whole. It makes me feel good. It it distracts me. And that's fine. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but if it overwhelms my partner, then it's like I need to probably reserve more of the asking for the times that I feel I want him, that I, I want it to be erotic, that it's not just, why are you laughing? I'm laughing because so many withdrawers or sexual withdrawers are listening and being like, damn, I'd love to have that like as a stress reduction. So often sex is a stress increaser for them, yeah. right? And for yeah. that pursuer, it's a reduction. They feel like their anxiety just melt away after that orgasm, exactly, which is really cool. So- but it's a when, it's a need inside. Like I, I could learn to talk about those feelings, and and tell my partner, you know, what's coming up inside me, rather than just asking for sex. You know, I could talk about the things that I need from them. It's like mm-hmm. I'm I'm anxious right now. I need some comfort. My brain goes to sex, but you know, if you could listen to me, I I mean, I think getting in touch with what we feel as a sexual pursuers becoming essentially more emotionally intelligent so that we can strain out the eroticism from the other noise that yeah. feels like it's pressure to have sex 
you know, is part of the work of the sexual pursuer. Right. And the timing matters because, as you were saying, sexual pursuers try to soften all the time. They're always trying to figure out the right way of saying mm -hmm. things. But having that withdrawal re-engage is a big part of the softening. Knowing that this withdrawal is, is, is letting you into their world. That's explaining what blocks them, what, you know, shows their vulnerability. Like that does a lot to the pursuer's heart mm -hmm. that they feel included. They feel the engagement. It makes it easier to want to reciprocate, to want to talk about what's going on with them. Right at its heart, the withdrawer's fear is failure. They're doing it wrong. That's mm -hmm. why they need reassurance. Once we go to the pursuer, the fear is rejection. I keep wanting it and initiating and you don't seem to want it. Mm -hmm. So again, what, what is the need? What is the longing in rejection? Yeah. It, I mean, I think there is the, I, I want to add something to that. The fear is of being rejected with the partner, but then the self says, I'm too much. My needs are always mm. going to be too much. I'll always be hungry. I'll always need too much. My, you know, it's, it becomes kind of this black hole. Uh, no pun intended, you know, just, the, uh, you know, the sense of I'm going to collapse in on myself because my need is so much. Yes. So if you listen to that shame or that rejection, you can see the longing is really wanting an active response from the partner, mm -hmm. right? To be wanted, to be enough, to mm -hmm. be accepted, to be desired, to be seen, to be chosen, to be fought for, to be believed in, to initiate with. I mean, these are mm -hmm. all active verbs, mm -hmm. right? These active verbs from the withdrawer are so soothing to these pursuers' longings. Mm-hmm. So again, that's the goal that we're working towards. How does the how does the sexual pursuer tap into these places in themselves that doesn't just focus on the withdrawer, but actually starts to say, "This is my insecurity. This is kind of how you can help me." Asking for help for the need is very different than a criticism. Mm -hmm. So when I'm rejected as a sexual pursuer, I have to figure out kind of what do I need? What would, what would make it better? Obviously sex would make it better, but, mm -hmm. but it's now we have to heal the rejection, you know? Yeah. We have to heal that feeling inside. Yeah. And if we go back to what we were talking about with the withdrawers, if we could try to differentiate or break it down into three different types of needs. Okay. Right? When it, so I think sometimes the pursuer needs permission for, their frustration and anger that they are there keep trying and they keep getting rejected and then they're blamed because they're, they're trying so much. I mean, that's a really tough spot to be understood, to be given permission that it's healthy to want to initiate, to fight for the relationship, to want to have sex. There's not something wrong with you. It's a natural thing, right? Mm -hmm. It's the cycle that messes it all up, but there's nothing wrong that you want that. Not only nothing wrong, it's healthy. And thank you for doing that. You know, what's that like for a pursuer to hear? Yeah. Oh, relief. Total relief. Right. You know, so that, given, that this part is, is a good thing, that the relationship needs it, that they need it. You know, it's a reminder. A, the fear is, I'm too much. The yes. withdrawer is saying, no, this is actually good. We need this. Thank you for it. How could that not feel good? That feels good to be told that their their drive, their 
initiation they're risking is something that their partner needs, especially I think if the partner maybe is female and doesn't have as much initiating desire, but more responsive desire to be re-encouraged. No, this is good. And afterwards, we feel so good. We feel so connected. This part of you that has always risked and and helped us is a good thing. And even right now, even if I didn't want it, it's a good thing. You know, I, I think, yeah, being seen as suddenly it turns it on its head. Your initiation, your pursuit is good. You know, it's like making my head spin. Yeah, my, my categories are getting clearer. I'm sorry, my tactical brain's always trying to understand things. And sometimes the time is not right. But I, I'm kind of looking at the needs changing in no sex situations, struggling sex situations, and good sex situations, <laughs> right? So okay. when we're not having sex, I'm really going to need you to give me permission for the frustration of that. Mm-hmm. If we're having sex, but we're, it's challenging. I don't feel like you're wanting to do it for me. I mean, for yourself, you're doing it for me. If it taps that rejection place, and I'm hopefully we could role play this after break. I'd love to know like how to put words to how you you could help me with that rejection. Yeah. And then there's the good sex. When we're in good sex, like how do we celebrate and let me know like, damn, you just rock my world. I mean, thank you for that. You are like... Bring it like that. That that's just total affirmation that soothes that rejection place. I know it. That's a that would be a good word. That'd be a you good rock one. my world. Absolutely, that's a good one. I didn't think we we're gonna have sex today. Damn, I'm so <laughs> lucky, and I'm with you that we did. I mean, how could that not feel pretty awesome? Exactly. So, you know, just again, just zooming out. That the beauty of stage two is it's the creation of that positive cycle. This couple has done this work to understand the good reasons to pursue is critical and the withdrawal goes away and how they both lose when that happens. And they're in agreement and they start to say, all right, let's blame the cycle instead of each other. Stage two is trying to get both of them to have a different move. The withdrawal, instead of going away, they're now engaging and coming forward. That's their new move. To pursue, instead of being critical, they're coming forward and asking for help in these more vulnerable places where they miss each other, right? And it's that asking for help and what you need that restructures the relationship as secure. It's what makes the difference between the best couples and the worst couples on this planet. You have an ability to repair when you're able to name kind of what's happening inside you emotionally and ask for help with it and receive that help from your partner. You're saying so many good things. I am really glad that I am going to be able to listen to this episode again. <laughs> a lot of good things there. Thank you for that. And and I, why I love these podcasts is both of us become clearer and it helps us help couples and help therapists. Yeah. You know, this in trying to keep it simple, sometimes we have so many words, it becomes complicated and we lose our focus and we become confused. Mm-hmm. Right. But just recognizing the ultimate goal is to have both partners experience success with these unmet needs underneath, mm-hmm. right? These places of failure and rejection, they need something. Think about how healthy a relationship becomes when you could ask for what you need there and, and you can get it. Mm-hmm. Like that couple can repair. I think one of the needs that helped me was like when the supply was there, like when I was very confident that my partner would have sex with me. That sense of there's no longer scarcity 
there's still those three stages, but sexually being able to depend on my partner that they're going to be a partner with me in this, that made all the difference in the world. Yeah, you get more number threes and right. you're a little bit more resilience with those one and twos. Exactly, exactly. Right. So I think what we've said as therapists that stage two has to include action from the withdrawing partner. They, they have to be more engaged sexually as well as being able to meet their pursuing partner's emotional needs in rejection. Yeah, both partners, what makes it a positive cycle is they're asking for help is met by a response and engagement from the partner, mm -hmm. right? And in that, in that exchange, you have a corrective emotional experience, right? You have a bonding event, right. you have that change event that is instead of going away, they're discovering connection in places they normally experience isolation. And that change of experience connection recodes it in the brain. And it really creates a different relationship. You're no longer the same relationship when you're not alone in these places like you chronically are in a negative cycle. Mm -hmm. We can't emphasize enough why it's not chance that, you know, this model has the results that it does. Couples that experience these breakthroughs in stage two are a different couple. I mean, they're so much more resilient. They carry this, this, this moment into the future. It makes the world a much safer place. Yes. You're less alone when you know in the worst moments you can turn to your partner for help. They got your back. I mean, that's what we all deserve. Exactly. Well, let's come back and let's, let's see what it looks like in action. Okay. Listen, y'all, it's really important that both partners reach orgasm if you can. And sometimes, you know, you don't have the time to really put all the energy and the work into it. And women do take about 45 minutes to reach orgasm. Vibrators from dameproducts.com, the Eva and the Air are two products that I highly recommend. Eva, it's the first hands-free vibrator for couples. And it's like this little toy that stays in place between the two of you when you're having sexual intercourse. It's easy peasy and it's fun because it buzzes and it can stimulate her clitoris so both of you can have orgasms and air mimics oral sex it creates kind of this thrilling pulse on your clitoris and i think really this might be something to play with and to enjoy there's five intensities there's five vibration patterns please go to dameproducts.com check this out they have some really cool stuff go to dameproducts.com and enter the code FOREPLAY today for 15% off site-wide. That's code FOREPLAY to take 15% off your first order at dameproducts.com. Ohmygodyes.com is a place to discover more pleasure for women. They have new research with over 20,000 women ages 18 to 95. Thank God we're all being sexual for a long time. And the findings are really the largest ever peer-reviewed study and research about women's pleasure. It's in one place. I just encourage you, go and explore and try these new techniques to feel good. Tell your partner, that one looks good, that one doesn't. Don't try that one, do try this one. You'll learn something. You'll learn a language. Oh My God, Yes is for women, their partners, and couples together. The videos are really engaging and there's no judgment or shame. It's just straight up information. Oh my God, yes, is not. This is a, a cool thing. It's not a subscription site. You pay for access once and you get to the content forever. So this is really a deal. 
This one-time payment also funds their next waves of research, which they keep going. Foreplay listeners get a discount at ohmygodyes.com slash foreplay. I think it's a super rich, information-dense place to learn about technique. Ohmygodyes.com. Try it out. Okay, so I'm going to be the sexual pursuer. You're the sexual withdrawer. And let's pretend that, you know, I was kind of ready for sex. And I made that very apparent. I'm dressed in lingerie. And last night, you completely ignore that. Don't say anything like, oh, you know, you look good, but I'm not in the mood. You don't say anything. You just mm-hmm. get into bed and go to sleep. And I'm I'm feeling very rejected today. Okay. And, and kind of, I would say, you know, while I maybe in my best place, I would want to talk to you about that. I think now I'm so hurt. I don't know how to repair this. I'm really afraid we're back in this cycle. Yes. And to all listeners that we're not activated in these conversations. So sometimes we might make it seem easier than it is in real life. But we want to give you a, a target of what it could look like. That couples, real couples have these conversations all the time with practice. Right, mm-hmm. But if they know what they're working towards, they can get there. So this mm-hmm. is our attempt to just kind of start that process. And I would just say to you, George, I don't know that you know this, but we've gotten a lot of listenership saying that they really appreciate our role plays a lot, that those are great because it gives them language. It gives them a model to talk about explicitly sexual problems and dilemmas that nobody's really doing that. So thank you for that feedback let me say again, your encouragement to us goes a long ways, and we appreciate your letters and your reviews and, and your, your support. You know, your support. Yeah, thank you very much. To our patrons, thank you. Again, that's what keeps this moving. This is what keeps the energy going. And we're, we're having more fun when we role play because we're trying to find our words too. And I think the more we find our words, the more we can spread a message. And, and again, the world really needs this. Yep. All right. Bring okay, so so bring on the role play. I'll try to prepare myself for the for what's coming my way. My my body's bracing, but here we go. But we're de-escalated, so okay. So, honey, I I want to talk about last night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm glad you're bringing it up because I know we could. I don't want to avoid this conversation, but. You know, that's that's something that you do that's really helpful for us to kind of not let things fester. So yeah. I'm going to try not to get defensive and just listen to what you're saying. And I'm glad you're sharing it with me. I, I know. And I know this conversation goes sideways between us so much. And, you know, this morning, I'm just feeling, I'm, I'm kind of feeling hurt and rejected and not kind of, I'm feeling very hurt and rejected. I Last night, you know, when I was waiting for you, I was so excited about you coming home. And I had the whole thing set up and I, I thought it was what you liked. And, you know, when you got into bed and didn't say anything about me being dressed up and, you know, made up and kind of sitting there happy and waiting, I didn't, first of all, it was kind of confusing because... I thought that would work. And then secondly, I was, this morning, I just, I'm like back in the hole, just, I, I don't know. I can't crawl out. I, 
I want to talk about it, but I'm just so hurt. Mm -hmm. Well, I am sorry. And I do want to know more about your hurts. I mean, I was so exhausted. My brain just can compartmentalize. And I kind of knew you kind of were in the mood, but I was just like done and just like just turned it off. Mm. Right. But again, and, and I'm not really getting the impact to you when I do that. I'm just like, I don't got the energy. Good night. But I, I, I get that, that that's pretty unfair to you. It leaves you in a really tough spot that even today, you know, you wake up and it's with you, you know, so I, I, I want to know more about it. And I guess I, I do understand that, that you compartmentalize. I guess what I need from you is it, it would have been, it was okay. I mean, I was absolutely all set for sex, but it was kind of the disconnect from me being in that place and you not saying anything. And I would have, I think what I need from you is just what's going on in your brain. Like if you see that, you see me dressed up and ready for sex and you, you know, you're exhausted, just that transition piece. Like, honey, you look beautiful. I, I'm so, I'm just dead meat. You know, I mean, even that would have, Mm-hmm. It wouldn't have been about me, you know. I, I don't know if you can help me in those moments by talking to me. It, it was yeah. kind of the silence and the sense of um, not noticing. Mm-hmm. I wish I would have done that. I mean, I just fell back into my old move. I knew if we talk about it, it would lead to a kind of longer discussion, which I really didn't want to have. But I know when I when I avoid to kind of protect myself, I just I put the burden on you and you carry that alone. And that's not fair. That's not OK. So I'm, I'm sorry. I really wish I would have just said, hey, babe, I'm just shot and I can't wait to talk about this tomorrow. Right. But, you know, I just got lazy. Leave that lingerie on for the morning. You know, anything would have worked. <laughs> Let me take that lingerie off in the morning. Which, <laughs> that would have worked, but. honey. <laughs> No, but I, I again, I, I do want to know. I, I know that could, that would have stopped the hurt. But when you do go to this place and you feel rejected again, I, I want to know how to help you with that. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what helps. I um, certainly this morning, if you had a little more energy and initiated the conversation, mm-hmm. that would have helped me even more. Like, because it would have told me you knew I was rejected. So I would have loved that. But now that I've kind of brought it up, I guess I'm not sure. I, I, You know, it's like inside there's this sense of not being good enough for you. It really hurts. Mm-hmm. It really feels bad. It's like, you know, kind of the way I think that even in shining moments in my childhood, you know, my parents were so preoccupied they couldn't, they didn't, they couldn't even pause to acknowledge that, and it's like all that hurt just tumbles together, mm-hmm. and and I feel it like wow, I was I was dressed up, I you know I don't even like makeup and I left it on, <laughs> you know, and it, it's like I, I don't know, it was the sense of not being seen that hurt me, not. And then then it just all merged together from old stuff where I felt rejected. Wow. And, and I, I don't mean to like lay that on you. It's not your fault that my parents did that. 
I, I'm just trying to tell you what it feels like on the inside. It it was mm-hmm. it was kind of no, this I big thing. Appreciate. I want to see these parts of you. I want to know how you make these connections, and you know how me not seeing you in that moment has a long history, and that sends you to some bad places, and that really makes me feel sad. I don't want you to be in those places. I, I don't want you to be alone in those places. That feels good. Thank you. Thank you for saying that you want to know those things about me. Mm-hmm. That helps. And I could do a better job of seeing you and seeing you know, the things that you do for us that you know. sometimes I just get kind of lost and preoccupied in my own world. You know, and I'm really hearing it in a different way right now that, you know, my initiating is a way of meeting that need of being seen. Right? My initiating saying, hey, like, I miss you. I, I just want to be with you because you're so important. And like, that's, that meets that need inside of you. I, I had no idea that's, that that would do that, I guess. Maybe I'm not as deep. I don't make those connections sometimes. I think anything from you just even talking with me today you know even talking right now feels good Mm -hmm. compared to our old pattern of not being able to talk about it and me making up in my head that you didn't care I mean I'm hearing words that it sounds like you care about me and I, I know it may seem like that's obvious from your perspective but hearing it said over and over again to me, it, it does kind of chip away at that feeling of rejection that I have. So mm-hmm. thank you for that. And thank you. I feel clear on, you know, if the root of the problem is you're not seen, that's kind of what happens when you get rejected. I mean, I know I can do something about that. Like, I feel confident that I can do that. Like, I can do a better job of seeing you. So I promise I'm going to try to do that. Okay. That feels good. I appreciate your more targeted commitment to me. I mean, I I really, that feels good. Mm -hmm. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, let's debrief this, G. I, I guess as I entered that role play, I could feel that woman's rejection. And and I'm Where thinking did you about, feel that in your body? Ah. Uh, uh, I felt it in my sort of right below my heart and above my stomach, just this this kind of almost like a pit. Okay. Again, so important for our listeners to give yourself a body marker, body in, body out, right? Where do you feel the rejection? And when you ask for help and that need and your partner responds, let's see if it shifts that body. Mm-hmm. So how, how are you doing here at the end? Did it shift on you? Yeah, I think it did. I think that I felt a, a little more cared about. It, it's like it, it kind of, the, the pit shrunk. That's how I would describe it. Like rather than her feeling it as like a baseball feeling almost, it kind of went to an apple seed. I don't know how to, okay. <laughs> that's just how like it that. felt on the inside. Yeah, I mean, I, I felt my own engagement increase as I started to kind of not need to defend myself, but to make some of the connections that I never made that like, Mm -hmm. this is about not being seen. And this is old, right? This Mm -hmm. is I just triggered this, but this is a place you go to where you don't feel kind of worthy Mm -hmm. of being seen. Mm -hmm. It's such a horrible place. But that really pulled me to want to fight for you to get closer to you to Mm -hmm. see you like that. I felt my own kind of 
power growing in the session as I started to understand this tender place that you go to. And I thought, you know, that, that the sexual pursuer was talking about needs that were old, that get triggered, that are replicated in the sexual relationship. And I felt like that could have gone sideways in this couple. You know, so many people Mm -hmm. feel hurt from childhood and it does get triggered, especially in sex. I think it's just such a primitive place of body, romance, feelings and love. It's like when we were children, being held and touched was so important. And, you know, our parents seen as all of that just is replicated. And I know that many couples say things like, you know, well, I'm not your father, I'm not your mother, I do see you, you know, it just, it could so easily trigger defense, but I really felt your compassion for me. Mm. That felt good. Yeah. Let's zoom out and keep it simple. Needs met is the positive cycle, the Mm -hmm. solution to the negative cycle. Mm -hmm. So again, Lori's need in this role play was to be seen in places she's never seen because I'm rolling away and going to sleep. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? I'm seeing it. And I'm coming closer and I'm telling her that's not okay. I'm going to do it differently. And my revealing how it all connected for me, did that make you feel anything inside like safer, able to come closer in your role play? Yeah, it's again, it pulled me in. Your vulnerability pulled me in instead of me making it about myself. Uh It allowed me to keep my focus on your needs which is what never really happens in our negative cycle. So true, so true. I think the the pursuer can trigger their partner and then their great need is, it's like, well, you know, is met with defense or something. And yeah, this, this time it was met with responsiveness. So I think that was, that was a neat conversation. Homework assignment, let's go people. Get out there, start working yourself towards these conversations. Because it's a different world when Mm -hmm. your partner could show up for you in these moments. Different world in stage two. Thanks for listening. Keep it hot, y'all. We'd just love to invite you to our Great Sex, Great Love Couples Retreat on Friday, October 28th, 10 to 5 p.m. Eastern Time. George and I are really going to help you apply what you learn in the podcast to your relationship. So if your marriage or partnership is functional, but it's not that exciting, or you want to deepen that connection and really improve your intimacy or, you know, make sex something that isn't just a check off your list and try to bring the sizzle back, please join us. We are going to spend a whole day enhancing your relationship and intimacy, dealing with the cycle making it safe for you to talk about desire, talk about the actual sex acts that you're doing, also express what's going on in your mind, body, and heart, and your spirit to find deeper sexual connection with each other. That's October 28th. You can find it on foreplaysextherapy.com under our resources to sign up now. Okay, so tell us about your cutting-edge training that you're doing on success and vulnerability? Lori, we just keep pushing it, coming up with a new module on the playbook of a pursuer, playbook of a witcher, really practical moment-by-moment moves of what a therapist can use. You know, we're so focused on what's happening in session. Enough there's talk about theories and these global things. We, I think most therapists are looking for, what do I do in this moment? 
give me a tool, George. So that's what we're trying to do. That's awesome. I am so glad you guys are doing this work. I think it helps us be organized to see you do it. You do demos, you do explanations, teaching. It really is interactive. And I think that so many trainings that we sit through don't give us an opportunity for that. So what you're doing is really important. No, we try to emphasize the teach it, show it, do it model of learning. Right, you need to have some ideas, so we try to teach those. And then we try to show what it looks like implementing those ideas. But most importantly, you now got to practice it. That's how they become yours. And that's what we want our, our listeners and watchers to do is become their own moves. Find George and his teaching at successandvulnerability.com. Call in your questions to the 4Play question voicemail. Dial 833-MY-4PLAY. That's 833-MY, the number 4, play. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes. All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor. This podcast is copyrighted by 4Play Media. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.